Today on the DML News Podcast, Trump makes an appeal to the people of Iowa and China is pushing its women to have more babies. Question is why? And Harvard, the president, the woman who says everybody's a racist because she's gay and no longer in a job. We've got these stories and more, so get ready because it's all unfiltered. Dennis Michael Lynch gives you his word, and he will never let you down. He will always fight for America. The only one who really puts his money where his mouth is, is Dennis Michael Lynch. Hello, I'm Dennis Michael Lynch, and I thank you for joining me and Denny today. We have a lineup of very interesting stories for you. Uh, But before we start, as always, it's a new year. You want to be as healthy as possible. Like we told you, every day that we do this podcast, we've got Ryan over here, master chef, master mixer. He has put together another shake for us. Now, yesterday we had one. We liked it, but he added a little something to it. So this has banana, ice, lactose-free milk, blueberries, a little bit of uh, peanut butter, almond peanut butter. And what else, Ryan, did you add to that? Uh, So today I added strawberry. Strawberry. He put strawberries in it. That's why it tastes a little different. I like it. I like it a lot. That being said, Ryan's new program, Ryan's Cafe, will be launching February 7th, I think we said, and then it's every other Wednesday. He's going to be whipping stuff over there in the, uh, maybe we'll do a little B-roll. I have some B-roll we could show them uh, in the kitchen that we made. And Denny and myself and Ashley will be busting his chops when he does it. We'll be doing it live. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll see what he comes up with. Uh, Denny. We're going to get into the stories here. We're going to start off with something that took place on New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve. And Ryan Seacrest asked Joe Biden, who is sitting next to Jill Biden, both of them looking like they are, you know, two escapees from the geriatrics ward. He asked him, what's his favorite memory of 2023? We're going to play that video right now. Play the video, Ryan. As you look back and reflect on 2023, what sort of, of memories, highlights stand out for you? Well, one of the big highlights stands out for me is my dad used to have an expression. He'd say, Joey, a job's about a lot more than the paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. So many people through the Midwest and, and in the center of the country, their, their factories are shipped overseas the last couple of times out, and, and they were losing hope and faith. So we brought a lot of jobs back to the United States. People are in a position to be able to make a living now, and uh, they've created a lot of jobs, over 14 million. And uh, I guess when I'm, I, I just feel good that the American people got up. They've been through a rough time with pandemic, but now we're coming back. So, Dennis, Joe Biden says the economy is his great, greatest memory. How many Americans do you think are looking back on 2023 and say, man, what a great year when I think about that one? I- Another indicator, I don't think that man is capable of having memories, let alone cohesive thoughts or sentences. That entire interview was completely embarrassing. And just you just see in the video, if you watch the whole thing, you know, Jill Biden kind of just like looking over, you know, making sure he says everything correctly. Um, so he, yeah, looked, I, he looked tired in he, that video. He, he looked very tired. In yeah, that he was past the bedtime. Um some people think it's not even really him. They said that the ma- the face in that video doesn't even match like his previous appearances. So who knows? Maybe it's a man in a mask. Uh, but there's no doubt that his statements continue to be more outrageous every time he speaks. 
And that one must be the clearest indicator that he has no idea what's going on. Or if he does, he is still really good at lying at his age. You know, I'd like that you talk about lying, telling the truth. I would have given anything for Joe Biden to look in that camera and say, you know, Ryan, my greatest memory in 2023 is that I basically changed the face of America and it's continuing to continue. And oh, by the way, we set a record in December. We are proud of this. We set set a record in December for the most migrant crossings ever in the United States of America's history. That's right, Ryan Seacrest. The numbers are out. And by the way, here they are. 302,000 for the first time ever, Ryan Seacrest. We brought in over 300,000 illegal aliens into the United States of America. And isn't that a great thing? Isn't that a great thing? We made a record. We keep on making records here in the Biden administration. I mean, this guy is single-handedly taking the United States, kicking it in the balls, having it keel over, cough, and he thinks that's a good thing. You know, like... To your point, it's kind of crazy to think that he's able or capable of just point blank lying like he did about the economy thing. I think I would give him all the kudos in the world if he would just even say a truthful statement like that. Like, yeah, you are responsible for literally 300,000 people coming here illegally. Just in one month. Just in one month. But, you know, at least you're admitting it finally. At least you're saying something that actually supports what your administration's actions and inactions have been. We talked about it yesterday, Dennis. He and his 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 followers, like Mayorkas and all these people who just follow around his lies, they are lying to the American people. We talked about immigration all yesterday. But today, we just touched it because those numbers did come out. And yesterday, we said, wow, wonder when the number's going to come. Well, the number is out. Unofficial number is 302,000. And getting back into something about the economy and 2023 and 2024, you know, I'll be the first one to say I thought the economy was going to be far worse than it is. Uh, inflation is crazy. Uh, interest rates are even crazier. I mean, I talk about all the time about how it is that I have my mortgage, uh, which is an adjustable I went up from my payment, I think was about $700 a month. It's a, uh, a home, line, home line of equity. Went to $700 a month. I'm now at $1,670. It's a huge jump. I wasn't budgeting for $1,670. It's a freaking colossal nightmare. Now, that being said, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm not hurting. I got a couple of bucks to my name. So it, it sucks that I've got to dip into my pocket more. But I'm more concerned about the younger people in this country and the older people in this country Social Security, uh, there's only going to be a little bit over a 3% increase this year. It's not going to cover the cost of living increases for, for our senior citizens. Makes me very concerned. Last year, it was over 8%. It was the highest. Biden will tout that it was the highest, I think, in history. But the problem is, is that the 8% didn't do much because he's lifting the cost of living so much for everybody. And now he's going to bring it down to 3%. We're going to see in 2024 less people being able to afford a home, less people being afford, uh, be able to afford an apartment. Senior citizens are going to cut back on everything. They're going to have a hard time buying their prescription meds. They'll tell you that, you know, all, everything's going up. Medicaid, Medicare, it's all going up. Prescriptions going up. This guy is blind to all of it. And, you know, you're, you're a uh, up-and-coming, if you will, in the sense that late 20s, have a career, making decent money, first-time home ownership, not married yet, thinking about doing it, you know, maybe in the next couple of years. Uh, 
the idea of having children, I'm sure, is something that you entertain and, 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 and love to think about. I know I'm anxious for you to, to give me a grandkid. But truth be told, when you look at your finances, do you see it as being a possibility that you would be able to have the sort of life that I gave you and your brother and your sisters? I see it less and less each day. Um, you pointed it out. Costs continuously go up on all fronts. And any subscription I've paid for, any service that I've paid for, any insurance that's under me, at some point in this past year, meaning 2023, it has gone up. Um, I see it too. I mean, it's just New Year's Eve. I saw a ton of different friends. And uh, I could just tell you, I didn't have one friend that came up to me and said, oh my God, this is the best year of my life. So um, I think each year it just kind of gets farther and farther away. I mean, I see all these new terms now uh, regarding younger generations. Doom spending, the idea that nothing's going to really change or get better. So all these uh, younger people are just kind of spending frivolously because it's like, hey, there's a doomsday clock. Career cushioning, there are millions of younger Americans who expect their jobs going to get replaced by automation or AI, just by services. Mean, yeah. yeah. AI. So, you know, they're, they're making funds to prepare for that. It's, it, it, it's bleak when you look at the, the financial situation in this country, we continuously, you know, nationally go into debt. Um, and yeah, you know, it's costly here to have kids. So uh, I could tell you, like, I know a handful of people who have had kids in the past few years, but, I wouldn't be shocked if they just stop at that or maybe just have one more and, and then keep it at that. That's an interesting play. We're going to bring up China in a second about what they're doing with their population and population control. Uh, it's coming back to bite them in the ass right now. But it, it, what you just brought up, very interesting. You know, one of the things that we put up here, uh, again, for those of you who are watching the program, you can see Denny and I are basically wrapped. Uh, the walls are wrapped with... Uh, different headlines, magazine headlines, newspaper headlines, things on the internet or whatever, different stories along the course of time uh, here in America, especially over the last 100 years. And I specifically, specifically pointed these out, printed them out, got them and put them up because I want them as reminders of what America can be, what America should be. Now, over Dennis's right shoulder, uh, Ryan, you may be able to see it on a on a wide. No, you don't take it down. You could see it on a wide. It is an advertisement for Levittown. Now, I grew up in Levittown, and there was a thing called the Levitt Home. And the Levitt Home was basically sort of your starter home. In this particular one, this is an advertisement from the Levitt Company who are making these. Value, beauty, and charm. Four bedrooms two baths, and I would guess probably on a 60 by 100 plot because that's what we had, cookie cutter sort of plots, but it was beautiful neighborhoods, beautiful neighborhoods, $11,990 or $87 a month would give you home ownership. You know, because you know you recently bought a, a condo, what is the average price of a home in the United States right now? In terms of like the second quarter of, of 2023, uh, the projected national average was around four twenty six, four hundred and twenty six thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. So we've and and I tell you right now, because I look at real estate all the time, 
$426,000 is not going to get you four bedrooms and two baths. It'll probably give you a 2-1 or a 3-1 in terms of two being, three being bedrooms. All right? So there is a brand new home for $12,000, $87 a month. We made it so this way Americans could live a, a real life, one where you could have the cars, the home, the two or three children, the vacation at least once, maybe if you were lucky, twice a year, presence underneath the tree. We are now creating a situation where we are forcing youngsters to say, I'm not going to get health insurance because it's way too much money. Senior citizens saying, I'm not going to leave the house because I can't afford transportation, therefore getting senior citizens in a situation of where they start to get depressed, maybe cutting back on some of the medications that they do indeed need. I know I've received emails from people because we've got some older people who buy our DML CBD who have said to me, and I can feel the tears through the email, I can no longer buy your DML CBD whatever because I have to cut back on something and it's a shame because it took down my inflammation or it helped me sleep so much. And it's heartbreaking to me and that's why we did so many BOGO deals. I mean, we did deals last week where I was literally selling items for less than what I paid for them because we saw that the Social Security was only going to go up by 3% this, this, this year. We, I see what the interest rates are like. I talk to people who are older. I see what they're doing, and it's heart-wrenching. It's heartbreaking. The other thing that that's going to, how it's going to negatively impact this country is that forget about the 302,000 or the 5 million people who are coming in here illegally who are going to drain the system. And oh, by the way, these people will wind up, wind, wind up one day getting Social Security, by the way. Make no doubt on that one. But going back, the birth rate, we talked about that yesterday, and I wanted you to bring it back up again. The birth rate in this country is dropping significantly. People are having less families. We're having less child births. What do you have on terms of the numbers with that? Just a staggering statement is probably the best way to put it. From 2007 to last, no, to I'm sorry, to 2022, mm-hmm. there was a 22% drop in overall birth rates. 22%, not the, two, not 12. Within the U.S., yes. 22%. And look, and, and it's beyond just the U.S. I mean, the, the U.S. Uh, birth rate now in terms of the, you know, per woman, it's about 1.6. Uh, Italy, it's even lower. South Korea, it's even lower. So in a lot of these developed nations, it, it is basically all under two. But when you look at the top 20 countries with the highest per uh, uh, capita f- fertility rate, they are all in Africa. All in Africa. The highest one is Niger with seven per where, woman. Where, where poverty just runs wild. Yeah. And look, I, and, and if I'm going to speak more in the statistical without empathy, you know, let's just say, a Ni- I don't want to say Nigerian, a, a Niger, two different countries, a Niger woman has seven kids. Two of them die from malaria. Maybe one, who knows, something else happened. That's still four kids that she has that, now, maybe two or three of them are eventually now migrating over to the U.S. in the latest caravan. So, uh, yeah. And again, that's just Niger. I mean, yeah. Angola, Congo, Mali, uh, Chad, Uganda, all of them, they're in between the four to seven um, uh, fertility rate range. So we could make an argument that the wrong countries are having the, the boom uh, when, it, when you take a look at sophistication and industrialization. But 
we're not alone in the complaints here. Uh, I'm going to read you something from the Wall Street Journal that came out yesterday about China. So everybody knows that China, it was for 35 years. For 35 years, China made it so this way you could only have one child. They stopped that in 2015. But for 35 years, if you had a second child, if you were pregnant, they would make you abort it, maybe they'd kill it, what ha- you got fined. Don't forget, there was emphasis on having male children. That's usually it. That was a prominent messaging for China's one-child policy. Well, China now is figuring out they're in a lot of trouble. Right now, they have 1.4 billion people of a population. That population is estimated that it's going to go down by almost two-thirds by 2100, year 2100. They think they'll only have half a billion. So 1.4 down to half a billion. That is humongous in terms of decrease, right? So now what they're doing is they're going around and they are soliciting women, government officials, calling them on the phone and saying, you should have more kids. You should have more kids. I mean, it's, it's like Joe Biden calling up your daughter and saying you should have more kids. You wouldn't be surprised on that one, right? After he sniffs her neck. But anyway, I just want to read this one thing. The shift means some women have gone from trying to dodge punishment for having too many children to being hounded to have more. A decade ago, a woman surnamed Zhang was in a cat and mouse game with authorities after she decided to have a second child. She asked that her first name not be used for this article. While pregnant, she left her job to stay out of public view, fearful officials would pressure her into having an abortion. After giving birth in 2014, she stayed with relatives for a year. When she returned home, local family planning officials fined her and her husband about $10,000. She said she was forced to have um, a device implanted so this way she wouldn't be able to get pregnant. Authorities required her to have it checked every three months. Months later... After they were doing all this, the Chinese government announced the one-child policy would be scrapped. Today, she gets text messages from government officials encouraging her to have more children. And so they interviewed other women as well, and some of the women said, well, the only way that I'm going to have another child is if you pay me. And the number was like $40,000 U.S., In this article, it goes on to say that China is blaming the women, that this is a woman problem, whether it's a woman problem in China or a woman problem in the U.S., and that's what I want to bring up right now. Is this a problem where now women who back in the day when that house was selling for $12,000, they were homemakers. They were taking care of the kids at home. They would stay at home moms. Very difficult job, if not the most difficult job of all. Is it now that there has been so much liberation and the fact that women have been encouraged to go out and get a job, have now gone out and created careers outside of the home? They see this, they touch it, they like it, and they say, hey, I don't want to be spending uh, my whole day home uh, pregnant all the time, pregnant and barefoot, right? I don't want to do that. I like the idea that I'm an independent woman out there working in the world. Yeah, look, there, there's definitely, that's, I would say, a very prominent factor. I mean, you'll see kind of stories where 
woman who chose not to have kids decided, you know, that they, that uh, it was their you know biggest regret later on in life that you know because they chose career over the option. I mean, and unfortunately, there's some women out there who can't have kids, and it's something that they they they're deeply upset about. Oh yeah. Um. So I think it's definitely cultural for sure. I mean, there's a reason in Africa they are pumping out six to seven kids. It's because uh, they're they're poor third world countries that also have extreme rape problems. I mean, you know, you, if if you talk about rape a certain way here, obviously, you know, you're going to be condemned for it in certain parts of Africa, it's like almost encouraged and you can kind of see it in their culture, truthfully. So it's definitely a mitigation of factors, but without a doubt, the feminism movement condemning the idea that it's bad to be a homemaker or to be a stay-at-home mom, because I think that's one thing. It's, you know, you want to go out and work and then you realize maybe in your mid-20s, okay, or early 30s, okay, I'm ready to, you know, kind of give this up, have kids with my husband if you're married, and, and pursue that, well, you know, the, the feminist movement here, especially the ultra feminists, take that as like offensive and oppressive. It's oppressive to want to have kids and just be home and take care of them. Dennis, we're trying to confuse people on who can have a kid, That's right? We're telling true. people, uh, yeah, men can have babies. We know this is completely untrue, but yet, so there's a lot of confusion in this country about, uh, you know, who can have a kid, when they can have a kid, why they should have a kid. Women are encouraged to go out and work. In many cases, they have to go out and work because the expense of being a human being in the United States is so great that you cannot survive without two incomes coming into the household. Right, because I was going to say, that's the other factor. There are women out here, American women, who would love to have four to five kids. And when you have those expenses, like you said, kind of holding you back, well, then you have to make the sacrifice. All right, maybe I'll settle for having two. And it's a shame because, I mean, Elon Musk is a big proponent of it. Anyone who can kind of see the, you know, the signs here, it should be encouraged to have kids. And yet you will get MSNBC articles saying, if you have a kid, you're just hurting the climate because it's detrimental to climate change. They'll come up with every excuse in the book. There was either one that said, have a kid or have a pet, you know, and and it's not the same thing whatsoever. So, um, when you have when you have the biggest uh, media companies in in the country, almost like doing subtle condemnation towards the idea of having kids, sometimes it gets uh, subconsciously influenced, and it's a shame because I'm a, I'm in the boat of Americans should totally have more kids, but instead we're increasing our population by bringing in unvetted migrants. Well, yeah, so our right our population is not being increased or developed by the means of the great American experience of where you and your wife, traditional, sit down, you have a home, a four-bedroom, and with that four-bedroom, you and her have one, and God forbid you have three kids, and they each have their own bedroom, and you got two beds. That is America. We had it. We had it nailed, and we blew it. Now, part of the reason why I think we blew it is we made the mistake of doing the global thing. Globalization. Got to do globalization. Everybody needs to have sales overseas. and all. We didn't need that. It was nice. We just kept it in our backyard. You could have just, this country could have operated just by encouraging more people to open up shops on Main Street. We didn't need Wall Street to drive things into overseas development. Oh, if you're not doing overseas, uh, your stock is going to go down. You've got to expand, start doing overseas. That's how this stuff has all gotten horrendous. We've outsourced things overseas. 
Think about the last time that you tried calling a company for, for customer service. Did you get an American on the phone or did you get somebody who bro- spoke broken English coming to you out of India? You know, that's what you had. We've expanded to the point of where we have diluted what the beauty of this country was. And the person who can bring that back, who has that attitude, that has that plan to bring that back, that will go down to be the greatest president of the United States. Trump doesn't have that plan. Trump's plan for the next four years, and we're going to get into Trump in a second. In fact, we'll get into Trump now. We'll, we'll, we'll put the, uh, we'll put the, the uh, Harvard woman at the, at the tail end. Trump, for the next four years, uh, there was a poll recently that asked, what do you think he will do uh, when he's president? What do you think his number one agenda is going to be? And many people said, revenge, revenge. I'd love to see it because there's no doubt in my mind right now, unless something happens with all these lawsuits uh, and, and these actions against him, and if... Maine and Colorado uh, are allowed to keep him off the ballot and more people add him you know, to this, uh, or I should say, move him from the ballots of their states. Anything could happen. That could be the huge, big surprise that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I have told you, and I've told our audience, I don't believe he's going to be the name on that November ballot. I don't. I don't know what's going to bring it there. But if, it, if we're wrong and if, if he indeed is elected president, He's going to spend four years on a revenge tour, which also will be a cleanup tour, leaving, I hope, a nice clean slate for the next person, maybe Ron DeSantis, who knows who it is, the next person in 2028 to come in there and on a clean slate, start rebuilding America back again. So the good news is we are going to be on a path to greatness if Trump does get into office. He has just put out just a few days ago uh, an appeal to the people of Iowa, uh, the caucus members of the people of Iowa, begging them to do whatever it takes to get people out to caucus. It's coming up. It's January 15th. So play the video of Trump. To our wonderful Trump caucus captains, thank you for all that you're doing. We really appreciate it. The most important thing you can do for our campaign is to lock in your 10 for Trump and turn them out for caucuses, teach them how to caucus, take them in your car on caucus night. If you have to uh, do whatever is necessary, we got to get them in. We got to make America great again. So do whatever it takes. If you do, we will win and win big. And that's what you have to do. You know, the other side does cheat and we're not going to let that happen. We cannot let that happen. But that's what we need from you. Get in your car, get a lot of people and get down and caucus. So relative to that, uh, it's actually been reported today that he will be having a town hall with uh, Brett Baer and Martha McCallum. I think in yeah in actual Iowa in Des Moines on yeah in, on January 10th at 9 p.m. to be obviously displayed by Fox. So Trump is going back on to Fox News. Funny how that always works. Um, he hates Fox News. He slams Fox News, but he's going to go on Fox News January 10 town hall in Des Moines obviously making that last push before the caucuses come up. If Trump doesn't win that Iowa caucus in huge fashion, I'm going to really question the, the, the polling system more than I even do today. 
every single poll shows that he is not winning. He is literally dominating, almost to the point of where you'd say, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, why are you even showing up? Just stay home. I am not convinced, Dennis, that Trump is going to blow the doors off in Iowa. I don't think he is. I also think that Trump may feel that same way. Because if he didn't feel that same way, I don't think he's doing the town hall in Des Moines. He's doing the town hall in Des Moines. He's doing it as the last, last ditch effort, right, before January 15th. I'm surprised that he's gone back to the well there. And in my understanding of how he thinks, he may have a little bit of concern that he's not going to score as well in Iowa as maybe the polls indicate that he is. Am I overthinking this? Uh, I, I, it's just hard to question whether it's overthinking or overanalyzing because, to your point, I don't really have much faith in our elections anymore. Um, look, it could be, to your point, I mean, he's someone who does love television. It could be his you know, last hurrah before the actual caucus starts up. I, I've seen it where some people are saying, like, maybe he's trying to do a little re-imaging because as of this recording, it hasn't happened yet, but the Epstein list gets released. And if he happens to find himself on that list, because he, the reality is, while Bill Clinton and all of them have Epstein connections, Trump at some point did how far that spans, because now we know how much Epstein was spanning, uh, remains to be seen. But that could be a bit of an image herder, you know? So this could be his way of saying, like, hey, I knew him, but like I was not involved with the pedophile island. So uh, my, my hope right, is by that, January 10, uh, the whole thing with Epstein's list will be fully released. Yes. And everything will be out there. So to your point, maybe he is. Maybe one of the reasons why he's doing that is because he's realizing he is going to need to do damage control because he's going to be on that list. They're going to make sure he's on that list. He was friends with him, like you said. The other thing that we have to remember is that Trump really got hurt uh, with women, meaning that is one of the demographics that he lost. The, the, the single mom, you know, just who voted for him the first time, didn't vote for him the second time, didn't like some of the things they saw and that they heard. And so he's got to try to get them back. This whole thing with Epstein, if it does indeed turn out to be that he was, you know, one of the dirty, dirty, dirty guys, uh, he's going to have a hard time with that. Definitely hard. So I'm just viewing this more as this is his last attempt at, you know, getting uh, everyone kind of motivated to, you know, for him to win the Iowa caucus. Um, I will be shocked if uh, he does not come out as the nominee. I mean, shocked, but also not shocked. But well, shocked. in terms of Iowa, I mean, for, for, for sticking on Iowa, so you, you, you're pretty certain that he's going to be the guy. I mean, Ron DeSantis visited all 99 counties. What he tried to do is just make sure he was printed think- everywhere, but... Ron, at this point, could visit every household. Unfortunately, yeah, we had, new nickname is Fallen Angel. I feel bad, you know. He uh, because look, I do think he's a good governor overall. Um, he oh, he did stick it to Disney, uh, but this will definitely be the classic case of this just wasn't his time. And I think he had. I'll be honest. I think he had the wrong people in his corner. And yeah, I think and they, he had uh, the wrong message. He let Trump beat the crap out of him, and he just sat there and he said, "I'm going to play the nice guy." And basically what came away was he looked like the weak guy. With that being said, Steve Scalise, Representative Steve Scalise, you may remember he's the guy who got shot at the softball game. 
he has now come out and endorsed Trump. So that's another uh, pretty influential name in the Republican Party getting behind uh, President Trump. With that being said, uh, there is a more concerning topic that we have to touch here today when it comes to Iowa caucus, when it comes to elections There was a whole entire article here written on Fox News about how it is that John Roberts, Supreme Court Justice, John Roberts, is basically putting out a warning that says we all need to be very careful with AI amid the upcoming election season. Now, there are also thoughts that AI is going to start to become so powerful that it will eliminate the need for courts, right? So first, let's let's touch these two things. Let's talk first about the election and AI, then let's talk about uh, guilty or innocent by AI. I said this, there's, there's podcasts out there we could go back, Ryan could go back and find them, we could play it all. I have said 50 thousand times. I have not seen the RNC, the GOP, the Trump campaign do anything significant to mitigate what Trump said in that message to Iowa. He did not say, you know, we know the other team cheats. What are we doing to offset that? You know, this is where sometimes, as crazy it may for me to say it, is where I sometimes find the Republicans more ineffective than Democrats. Democrats, you know what you're going to expect. Radical, incomprehensible, totally devoid of any actual thinking process. But then the Republicans are the ones where you hold out the hope of, okay, you're going to hold their feet to the fire, right? And you'll get little tidbits maybe of like, you know, this one going here, Sam Bankman-Fried, although he's in the clear now. And yet most of the time they don't pull through. They don't follow through. Because to your point, how do we know uh, 2024 will be any different than 2020? I don't trust electronic voting. Tabulations can be altered. I think paper ballots, and many others have said it, uh, is actually more effective. You know, you, you can't change a tabulation on on an actual written ballot. And there should be a completely verified, independent group that's counting these votes, not you know the DNC's choosing, the RNC's choosing. Because even maybe the RNC at this point maybe benefits more with Democrats in power than Republicans. Because who in their right mind is having Ronna McDaniel lead the RNC other than maybe Mitt Romney, you know, paying off a few people to keep her in there? I agree. It, it, it doesn't make sense. You would nope. want someone strong and effective, and yet we get her. So, you know, to your point, and especially how Trump's even saying it, and I get it, like he's going in for his revenge tour, and you know what? Have at it because these people need a slap to the face at this point. You know, no one really trusts the elections. Said it yesterday's podcast, the WEF, their theme this year is trust. It's almost like they literally are throwing tomatoes in our face. Yeah. Reverse psychology. Yeah. Well, yeah. where's the trust in, in anything right now? So, um, you know, my, my fear is that, you know, I mean, you got the Supreme Court chief saying uh, this is something that we need to watch out like forever. Yeah. Uh, and he's right. I don't think it's going to necessarily replace the Supreme Court anytime soon. But if you don't think Biden and those that can weaponize it in the way of like, okay, uh, let's use AI to start making some really uh, concrete, formal decisions, such as what a justice or a judge would do, uh, that's horrifying. 
Imagine you're standing at court and you're pleading to a you know, electronic box that's going to dictate your faith. Well, that's interesting. Faith. Yeah, faith. That's interesting because that, that leads me to the next part here that we need to discuss, which is with that AI, right? Do you want to be standing in front of a liberal judge? I, I've been in front of liberal judges before, and I can tell you, they don't know how to reason. Or do you want to be in front of a computer-generated uh, system that basically was manipulated by liberals uh, if you're being found guilty or innocent, right? John Roberts. AI obviously has great potential to dramatically increase access to key information for lawyers and non-lawyers alike. But just as obviously, it risks invading privacy interests and dehumanizing the law. But any use of AI requires caution and humility. As 2023 draws to a close with breathless predictions about the future of artificial intelligence, some may wonder whether judges are about to become obsolete. I am sure we are not but equally confident that technological changes will continue to transform our world. When you take a computer system and you allow that computer system to make decisions for you, the human being, there is risk that you will find innocent people guilty but at the same time is, think about how many times you have used your iPhone for directions to a place that otherwise you would not have found because you would have been sitting there with a tiny little map in your car. You would have wasted hours. So maybe the bigger thing here is we're not going to be able to stop AI. It's like trying to stop the ocean from hitting the sand. Maybe the bigger thing we have to worry about is how do we manage and make sure that it does stay even killed? Can it stay even killed? Maybe this election will be one of those times when we'll be able to figure that out. I I think one of the scariest things that's ever happened in the course of human history is when humans believe that they could play God. And artificial intelligence, unfortunately, yes, it could be utilized for great things. I especially think for actual medical advancements, if I'm not even talking about the trans surgeries, I'm talking about like actual open heart surgeries, brain scans, detecting tumors. If that can actually be utilized in, in an efficient, concrete way, then yeah, of course, like that, that's great. But um, I, I have good faith in most people that I would know, but if I'm looking at the general populace, uh, I don't know if I would have the faith that the people who are in charge, such as Microsoft, Google, but that are in charge of these AI programs and developments that they're going to be utilizing it for the benefit of the good. It's going to be for the benefit of themselves, followed by to whatever agenda that they're pushing. If AI were making the decisions, yay or nay, fired or hired, what do you think the AI system would have said to the president of Harvard, who just, by the way, resigned? Why why don't you give us that story? Let's close this out. Well... (laughs) Oh, gosh. Knowing uh, how AI has been manipulated as already, like ChatGPT under Bill Gates, uh, they would have kept her in. I can give you a bet, though. I bet everything in this office and warehouse that her resignation statement was not in verbatim written by her. It was either probably used by an AI chat thing like ChatGPT 
or she had one of her interns and associates write it out because maybe there was one sentence she put in. Which how is, do we, how do we know we didn't she didn't steal it from somebody else? Or how, I was gonna say <laughs> how do we know we didn't steal it? If there's one sentence here from her entire statement that's maybe worth repeating that she probably put in herself, it is the idea that she was fired due to personal attacks and threats fueled by racial animus. So we have a woman here who has been caught plagiarizing a lot of her published work, all of her published work, which actually isn't much, so she doesn't really have a lot of credentials there. Someone who's been in the role for six months and somebody who basically allowed students on our campus to advocate for Hamas, but at the same time condemned anyone that you know wanted to go pro-Jew. This lady takes all of that, scraps it away, and says, I was fired because I'm a black woman. She was fired. Even though she was hired because she was a black yeah. woman. Well, no, don't forget black gay woman. Oh, yes. Okay, don't uh, forget the gay part. Throw she she checks that box as well. The fact that she was allowed to stay tells you everything about Harvard. Because at this point, they're trying to make it as she's leaving because she's getting personal threats, what have you. Look, Harvard's enrollment is down. They're losing gargantuan dollar amounts in terms of donations. Don't kid yourself. Money makes the world go round. And they did not, Harvard being they, they did not think or expect the backlash to be as huge as it has been. You have had some of the biggest Jewish money guys in New York City on Wall Street basically say, you ain't getting another dime. You've had people say from major law firms, I'll never hire one of your uh, students again. You want to talk about why this woman's gone? It has nothing to do with her being gay. It has nothing to do with her being black. It's because she's dumb, so dumb, and she's a racist. She's anti-Jew, and that's why she's gone. She's gone for that reason and that reason only. No, make, make no mistake. She got there because she was black and lesbian. But That's yeah, right. she is gone because of incompetence, stupidity. And again, just, you know, it's we said it yesterday's podcast, right? When I said uh, Democrats, they'll never just come out and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I made a mistake. That's not in Claudine Gay's vocabulary. It's I'm resigning for my personal safety and because these are veiled racist attacks. No, you're the leader of what's supposed to be the most renowned education system or institution in the country. And as you just pointed out, enrollment's down. People have lost faith. People aren't going to take Harvard anywhere near seriously as it was five, ten years ago, let alone five, ten minutes ago. So, uh, you know, she could spin it all she wants. But one thing that she's left her mark on is, I'd say this, six months, I think she's the most effective Harvard president. She made Harvard ineffective. I would, <laughs> I will, I seriously, because even before then, it's like, yeah, they're all liberal shills over there. But it was supposed to be, oh, this is this is the the big education institution that you know the U.S. can actually, uh, I don't know, admire itself on from for at least from its foundings. Nope, it's gone. It doesn't matter anymore. So just real quick, um, just so this we, we remind people, this is not an honest human being. Okay. Gay's dissertation was called into question by conservative activist and CRT expert Christopher Rufo, 
who accused the Harvard president of plagiarism. After that, the plagiarism allegations against Gay only continued to mount. This wasn't one time, one off. Oh. Okay? A few weeks ago, fresh allegations were unearthed in an official academic complaint against Gay when the university's research integrity office received a complaint featuring more than 40 alleged instances of plagiarism. 40! Then on Monday, the Harvard president was hit with six additional charges of plagiarism in a complaint filed with the university, bringing the total number of allegations against Gay to near 50. So one has to wonder who's doing the vetting over there in Harvard. I'll tell you, the people who are looking to check the boxes of gay, gay, radical, radical, black, whatever it may be. For as long as you are not straight, white, and smart, you've got a chance. Yeah, I'll finish at least my take on on this because I said it a few weeks ago um, before the Christmas break on, on one of our podcasts. When I was a college student, uh, I had to do research papers all the time, and attribution was grilled into you. If you're going to take somebody else's work, you're not copying it. You're going to attribute. You're going to make a note mark. You're going to convey it as much as possible to say, this is not my idea, but this is a supporting statement from someone's work for my original idea. She doesn't do any of that. And you get someone like the CNN reporter saying, well, she's not accused of stealing anyone's idea. It's just a poor, sloppy attribution. It's No, she, if you, unfortunately, if you have to go read what she actually wrote, it was not attribution. It, it was hardly any, I mean, some of them had little notes in her bibliography, but unless you're going there to specifically look, you would be reading those words believing it was her own. One of the uh, passages that she lift, uh, lifted from immensely was from another black woman, a conservative black woman, Carol Swain. And you would think, oh, Claudine must have originally wrote this, but no, it, it, it's, it's someone else's work. But you could just tell by her writing that she was trying to pass it off as hers. And you know, CNN, Harvard, they could spin it all they want, but this was plagiarism. Ding dong, ding dong, the wicked witch is dead. You know what? She's off. She's gone. She'll never get another job. She'll write a book. She'll be on MSNBC as the victim. She'll make a couple of million dollars off that, and she'll be just another person out there driving a Mercedes for doing evil, wrong things. That's how screwed up things are. We need to turn this country back from the inside-out, upside-down position it's in, Back to the normalcy. We can get there. I trust we will. We just got to keep on keeping on. That being said, yesterday I went over with you the outline of our new podcasts. And when they launch, uh, we will repeat that again for you next week. So this way you can keep up with it. Right now, we do want to tell you about something that is a new development with the DML News app. Uh, for years, we wound up aggregating news all day long, usually putting anywhere between a minimum of 40 maximum 80 headlines every single day. I always personally felt it was way too much. It was overload. I'm the app owner, and I still didn't use it all the time because it was just so much. Well, over the course of time, we've realized more about how people use the app and what would make the best experience. Starting yesterday, and it is sort of a work in progress. We're sort of feeling our way through what works and what doesn't work. We would love your feedback, so please give it to us. Uh, you could give it to us any way you want it. You could send Denny an email at Denny, D-E-N-N-Y, at teamdml.com. 
You can put it there in the, uh, if you're Team DML, you can put it in the box or the, the, the live chat. If you're not a member and you're just going to comment on some of the, uh, the articles, leave us your feedback. But basically what it is is now we have 18 posts all day long every day. 18 is a post at the top of every hour. With the exception of a couple of podcasts and a poll here and a prayer there, the majority of what we're giving you is a consolidation based on topic. So I'll give you an example. Maybe at 11 a.m. today, we wound up having trending news and immigration. You're going to get the five, six top stories about immigration right there under one heading. So we've sort of consolidated everything so you never miss a thing based on topic. 2024 election, U.S. news, international news, culture, crime. We have one, the radical left, where you could see some of the more interesting things that are just coming out of these radicals. But that is the way we're going forward. And basically, I just want to put out this week, by the end of the week, we will have a new level of Team DML membership for you. Right now, we have three different levels, uh, which is $48, $200, and $500. You can go to teamdml.com to learn about that. We're also launching a $30 one. We'll get more into that as the week goes on. But the one I want to talk to you about is a $12 a year membership. You don't get to go to Team DML and get all the jazz we do there. But it is simply for the person who says, I no longer want to see an ad. These ads are gross. They're getting in the way. I hate them. You can get our news all year long for 12 bucks and never see another ad. Another thing we put on the DML News app is that every article is up there. All 12, I mean, all 18 are up there for all day long. But after 48 hours, they're there for only Team DML members. So if you wanted to go back and take a look at something that we had or you missed something, 48 hours, you're going to miss it. Unless, of course, you are a member. And that $12 a year, that gives you no ads and it gives you the ability to have the archive of our stories, articles, polls, etc. So give it a look. Go to teamdml.com. That $12 annual uh, should be up tomorrow, if not definitely by Friday. That's it for us. As always, we end the show. Ryan, a fantastic shake. I think I may want the strawberry in it every day. Uh, don't forget, Ryan's Cafe will launch sometime in February, February 7th, I think is the date, and you'll be able to get these recipes for yourself. Until then, God willing, we'll be with you again tomorrow. Uh, on behalf of Denny and myself and our entire team, we say God bless you, God bless your family, may God bless the United States of America. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day, everybody. Get the Dennis Michael Lynch podcast every day by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and download the DML News app from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store for breaking news, merchandise, films, exclusive content, and Team DML.